Good evening, and thank you, Sally, for leading us this evening. Uh, I'd like to show you or read you some lyrics from a song that uh, may be familiar to a few people. She awoke early in the morning, made the bed, gathered up her clothes to leave, saw the concierge curled on the settee, said, what you did for me was hard for me to believe. I was just doing what was right. No one that knows love could leave you out there on such a night. If you can help someone, bear this in mind and consider it an indiscriminate act of kindness. Consider it an indiscriminate act of kindness. Who can tell me who who sang that? Foy Vance. It's a fascinating song, Foy Vance from Bangor. Fascinating song about a guy, and if you know the rest of the lyrics, it's about a guy who, who rather than take advantage of a girl, chooses to show an indiscriminate act of kindness. I'm going to show you a, a short video clip from a movie, probably one you're expecting me to show, released, I think I've maybe referred to it before, released in 2000, starring Kevin Spacey, about a kid who comes up with a an idea to change the world by showing a random act of kindness to three people. And then in turn, they were to go and show a random act of kindness to three more people. And so there was this kind of cascade effect, effect to go about changing where lots of people are smiling. What's the film? Pay it forward. Let's watch a short clip. Seven, so I'm not really good at math, but it gets big really fast, you know? Yep. Okay. 
Inspiration, please. Yes. I think it's a good idea. Sean? It's stupid. Adam? It's the honor system. People blow off the honor system. So what? Just because you do. Well, Trevor, the class seems to think that you've come up with an overly utopian idea. Look that word up in a minute. Like a perfect world? Many people have seen that film. Lots of people. Out of that movie, or inspired by that film, came Pay It Forward Day, uh, which is now in its fifth year in the UK. don't know if you knew this. I didn't know it until during the week. But let me just read a paragraph from Pay It Forward Day's website. This is the fifth year the UK is officially celebrating Pay It Forward Day on the 23rd of April 2015 when people will be invited to join a worldwide movement of performing random acts of kindness to three or more people and asking those people to do the same. Last year, people in 65 countries took part in Pay It Forward Day. And this year, we're hoping to inspire over 5 million acts of kindness. See, kindness connects. Kindness attracts. I was also reading this week about, about a study conducted a few years ago investigating the importance of kindness. And in this study of 37 cultures around the world, 16,000 subjects were asked about their most desirable traits in a mate. For both sexes, the first preference was kindness. Kindness. You see, people want to be treated kindly. We all do. The opposite is so unattractive. And so kindness is something we, we all highly value and appreciate. But it's also, as we know, a segment. It's the fifth segment of the fruit of the Spirit. It's another of these nine Christ-like qualities and characteristics that, that together we're exploring on Sunday nights as part of this nine-a-day series. And so as Christians... It is our desire and it is our calling to become more and more like Jesus, how through bearing the fruit of his spirit. And so this evening, we're thinking about what does it actually mean to be kind? And how do we go about seeing this segment growing and ripening in our lives day by day? Now, before we do actually think too much about what it looks like in our daily lives, let me do something that we've been doing with most of these segments, maybe not all of them, but most of them, and that is locating or kind of grounding them in the character of God. Because as Sally has said, and as Glenn prayed, God is kind. God is kind. The, the Hebrew word that describes this aspect of his character is here. It's a rich, it's a multi textured word, but there's no one English word that adequately embodies its full meaning. And therefore, Bible translators have used a variety of words in their attempt to capture its complete meaning. And so you will often or most often find this word translated in your Bible as loving kindness or mercy or goodness or steadfast love. 
And so in Lamentations 3, we read that the steadfast love of the Lord, the kindness, the loving kindness of the Lord never ceases. It never lets up. This is who God is. Or as the psalmist sings, how precious is your loving kindness, O Lord. It's who God is. It's part of his character. God is kind and therefore as people who have been made or created in his image, we have the potential, we have the ability to reflect this aspect of his character. So so being kind is because everyone is made in the image of God. Being kind is not the monopoly of the Christian. Whenever people are kind to others, they're simply reflecting the fact, I believe, that they've been made in the image of God. God is kind. But in addition, Jesus modeled this quality throughout his life. And and those who have been called to walk as Jesus walked were encouraged to embrace his example. We've We've got to live like Jesus. Now, as we tease this out a little more, one of the best definitions of kindness that I can give you, and actually Sally Sally used this as he was talking about Ephesians 2. And we'll also look at this in the life of Jesus in a moment. But here's one of the best definitions of kindness I can give you, and it's love in action. You know, in both the, the Old and the New Testaments, kindness always appears to have two parts to it. It begins with this inner disposition of compassion or mercy that results in an outward act that is meant to benefit someone. Can I say that again? Because it's really important. Kindness begins with an inner disposition of compassion or mercy that results in an outward act that is meant to benefit someone. So back to Jesus. Whenever the Gospels report that, that Jesus had compassion, it was almost always followed up by an outward act to benefit people. And so, for example, on one occasion as he went ashore, it says he saw a great crowd, he had compassion on them, but it doesn't end there. It says he healed their sick. Another time and place it says, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days. They have nothing to eat and I am unwilling to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. And then it says, he fed them. All 4,000 of them in that incident with seven loaves and a few fish. And we could go on like this for a long time. Jesus had compassion on two blind men. And what did he do? He restores their sight. He's compassion on a leper and he heals his skin. His compassion for a boy with an unclean spirit moved him to cast out the demon. His mercy for a grieving mother resulted in him raising her son from his casket. This inward disposition that then results in an outward act. Love in action. It's hands-on. It's practical. It's tangible. It's seen. It goes beyond feelings and emotions. It's love with its work boots on. It's living like the good Samaritan. And I know we've looked at at that particular parable quite a few times in, in the past few years, but one of the key moments comes after Jesus finishes that short story. And he asks the the expert in the law, which of these three men proved to be a neighbor to the man who was mugged, who was assaulted? And how did he reply? 
It's the one who had mercy on him, Jesus. Yes, it's Jesus. And then how does Jesus respond to that? Go and do likewise. It's the one who had mercy. Felt compassion for this guy who'd been beat up by the side of the road. But didn't just leave it at that. Didn't just feel sorry for him. Actually then did something. Acted. And Jesus said, listen, go and do likewise. And in that story, those of you who are familiar with it, you'll know that it says the Samaritan man had compassion on the stranger. And so rolled up his sleeves and did something. An inner disposition of compassion or mercy that results in an outward act that is meant to benefit someone. That is kindness. And after we get past the Gospels and and having encountered not only the example of Jesus, but the teaching of Jesus like in the Good Samaritan, we then consistently read how, how Christians are called to reflect this characteristic. How those who do claim to follow Jesus, we're meant to practice this. And so let me give you two examples. Since God chose you to be holy people whom he loves, Paul says then this is what you've got to do. Clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy or with compassion. Clothe yourself with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Put these garments on. Ephesians 4, 31, 32. Get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and harsh words and slander. And we've kind of been looking a little at that kind of idea in the mornings. As well as all types of malicious behavior. And then this is what Paul says to all Christians. Instead, be kind. Be kind. And so we are to display it as a fruit. We're to wear it as an item of clothing. And we're simply to do it. Just be kind. Kindness is love in action. Tangible, seen, visible, compelling. Carl Thomas put it like this. Love talked about is easily ignored, but love demonstrated is irresistible. It's compelling. Frederick Faber, the British theologian, reflecting on the impact of kindness, offered this comment. Kindness has converted more sinners than zeal, eloquence, and learning. Kindness has converted more sinners than zeal, eloquence, and learning. Mark Twain, talking about the effect of kindness, said this. Kindness is the language which the deaf can hear and the blind can see. Love that quote. Kindness is such an important characteristic in any human being but it's such an important discipleship trait and so let me say four things about it the first is kindness is contagious do you know it's often better caught than taught takes us back to that film pet forward that whenever you see kindness whenever someone is kind to you you're encouraged you're challenged you're inspired to kind of pass it on, to pay it forward, or to echo the words of Jesus, to go and do likewise. And so so kindness is, it's contagious. Secondly, kindness is, or it should be impartial. And yes, there's no doubt that we should show kindness to people in need. And maybe that's, that's the kind of people we often think about when it comes to this whole issue. Yeah, I should be kind to those who are sick. 
or sad or lonely or vulnerable. But you know something? We should never restrict our kindness to only, only those who need it or deserve it. And therefore, we should show kindness to, to the rich, to the together, to the impressive, to the successful, to anyone. Because love in action knows no boundaries, no distinctions, no labels, no class or background. It should be to refer back to Foy Vance. Should be indiscriminate. Should be indiscriminate. One of the other definitions of kindness I came across during the week was this kindness is treating others the way in which God has treated you. Kind of got me thinking, how has, how has God treated me? And particularly tonight, as, as, as we've just met around this table, how has God treated us? With mercy and with grace. Mercy, not getting what we deserve. Grace, getting what we don't deserve. That, that's how God has treated me. I deserve to be punished for my sin. But actually God in his mercy has forgiven me. I get what I don't deserve. I don't deserve to be forgiven. And yet, because of the unconditional love and grace of God, that is my story. And so I should treat others the way God has treated me with mercy and with grace. People don't necessarily warrant our kindness, earn it, or deserve it. They just simply receive it. Kindness is impartial. Third, thirdly, kindness is intentional. I was reading recently uh, how some churches, maybe heard this before, they, they organize an annual Lynn Week. Who knows what that stands for? Mom, love your neighbor. Brilliant. Whenever they encourage congregations to go into the community and just perform random acts of kindness to strangers in Jesus' name. Now, you could argue, listen, that's just forced. It's gimmicky. And it might even give the impression, you know something, well, then you don't have to do it the other 51 weeks of the year. But what it does do is, is it forces us to think about our actions during a particular week. Kindness, yes, it needs to be a way of life, but it also involves daily decisions. We put it on. I believe that's the kind of imagery that, that Paul is talking about. In the same way that you dress yourself every morning, Paul's trying to say, listen, see, see, see as you get dressed, put on kindness like a garment, like a piece of clothing, something you put on every day. And then he goes on to say, and we've looked at this before, over all of those things, put on love, the kind of catch-all garment. But put on kindness. So I want to get practical for a moment. And I know I, I think I have done this before, but I, I do want to be practical this evening. I want to suggest simple ways that you can go from here and do something. Okay? You can actually make this, this visible. I, I, want, I want to challenge you to be intentional about kindness as William Wordsworth said the best portion of a good man's life his little nameless unremembered acts of kindness and love it's the best portion of a good man's life his little nameless unremembered acts of kindness and love so here's a list of ideas some of these I've given you before when you're next in the supermarket now we're not talking about queues anymore that was last week okay don't worry about that 
So when you're next in a supermarket, here's what I encourage you to do. Throw in an extra bar of chocolate to your basket or to your trolley and give it to the person at the checkout. Okay? And if, and if you're into scanning, just give it to the person that comes and has to clear you if you've bought any particular items. Uh, not go there. Uh, so do. Throw something in. Just give it to the cashier. Give it to the person who helps you. Buy your postman or postwoman a voucher for a meal to say thanks for delivering your meal. Invite someone to lunch this week who you don't normally spend time with. Give your bin men a packet of muffins the next time they call. Donate blood this week. Engage in a conversation. Engage in a conversation with the person from the call center in India. <laughs> I know I've thrown that one out before, but it's a con- I, might, I mean, it's, this is where it gets practiced, isn't it? It's got to be intentional. I'm going to be kind to this person. Buy your local newsagent a good book to read. Offer to babysit before being asked. Give two cinema tickets to the cleaners in your work or at your college. You see, kindness is it's intentional. And fourthly, kindness is risky. So you're kind to someone and they accuse you of being patronizing. And maybe some of you are thinking, you know, that, that if I just did that, that's what it would come across. Like if I did any of those things, it would just come across patronizing. Maybe it would. Or you're kind to someone, it's risky, and, and they take advantage of you. They exploit you. You're kind to someone and they, they make a fool of you. You know, when you're kind, you can often be misunderstood, your actions misconstrued. But take the risk. You've probably heard this before. People are unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. The good you do today will be forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you've got and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you've got anyway. Just do it. it is a risk to be kind. And I appreciate that wisdom is required and we do need to be careful, but sometimes we're far too quick to make excuses and rationalize well, why it's inappropriate to be kind at this particular moment to this particular person. But maybe we just simply need to take the risk and stop making the excuses. Kindness is contagious, impartial, intentional, and risky. But the question is, what, what stops us? What stops this segment of the fruit of the Spirit from kind of growing and developing and ripening in our lives? Is it back to something Alison was talking about? Are we just too busy? Do we just suffer from hurry sickness? We just don't have time to be kind to someone. We're just in a rush all the time. Is it just it's inconvenient? Is there a bit of self-protection? Is it sin? That what stops us. Let me be a little more specific. I think there are at least three things that get in the way of seeing this segment develop and grow in our lives. Three barriers. Selfishness, pride, and sloth. There's probably more. This is not an exhaustive list, but it's, it's a good start. Selfishness, you know, it's when we're too caught up in ourselves. And we become inward rather than outward looking. We're too preoccupied with me, which, which in our culture is perfectly understandable. 
Not only is it perfectly understandable in our culture, it's actually encouraged. Just, just look after number one. Just look after yourself. All of us have enough to get on with without kind of being kind and doing good for others. But as alternative kingdom dwellers, are we not called to love and serve others? Again, as we were thinking about this morning, are we not called to live beyond ourselves? What about pride? You can be too proud to be kind because you're maybe afraid, yeah, I may lose face. I might be misunderstood. I might be taken for a ride. I might be laughed at. I might be ridiculed. And and so we hold back. And then finally, sloth. I just just can't actually be bothered. I just can't be bothered. You see, apathy is not only a kindness barrier, it's a kindness killer. I'm I'm always struck by the prayer of the penitent. And and we use it here at Windsor from time to time, particularly before we come to the table. It says this, My God, I am sorry for my sins with all my heart. In choosing to do wrong, who can tell me what the next line of the prayer of the penitent is? Yeah, thanks Ashley. And not choosing to do what is right. And I realize you've got to be careful with where you take a line like this and a thought like this. But sometimes we've got to acknowledge and accept that it's just not, it's not just the wrong things we do that cause a problem. It's also the good things that we neglect to do. It's the opportunities we miss or we can't be bothered to take that actually impacts our hearts. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, and kindness. It's love and action. And as we abide in Jesus, and as we keep in step with the Spirit, it is a characteristic that needs to be growing and developing and ripening in our lives if we're going to become increasingly more and more like Jesus. So, why not perform three indiscriminate random acts of kindness this week? Not to make yourself look good or feel better, because this is, this is the danger with, with this kind of stuff and this kind of teaching. And some people said this last week going out to me when I suggested that in the whole issue of patience, you actually, next time you're in the supermarket, you choose to go to the longest queue and just wait. And some people said, but my, my problem is if I did that, then when I get through it, I'm going to feel just so good about myself. Yeah? And, and there is a danger with it, and I realize that. So it's not to make yourself look good or feel better, although you probably will. And that's okay. But we do it to reflect the character of God, to model the example of Jesus, and as an expression of what it actually does mean to love our neighbors. And just in case we're worried about doing this and and drawing far too much attention to ourselves, remember this directive from Jesus. Let your light shine before men, says Jesus, so that they may see your good deeds. So it's okay. Let this be seen. But then how does that finish? And praise your Father who is in heaven. Do you know, kindness communicates, speaks volumes, and so it's my hope and prayer that it may speak through our lives. Let's pray.